Good morning, my name is Karen Dove. The scripture today comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 24 through 31, from Psalms chapter 24, verses 1 through 2, and from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he had founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the rivers. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, I'm Pastor Morris, and it's so good to be with you. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us for worship this day. A big shout out to Karen Dove for sharing this morning's scripture text with us. Uh, before we reflect on those texts and their meaning for our lives, let's offer a word of prayer together. Gracious Lord, for the gift of today, we give you thanks for each person who is worshiping with us virtually this day or over the airwaves of radio. We give you thanks. We ask that you would bless us in our time together of reflecting on these texts and that we might hear words of hope and life that we might share with others in the week to come. We ask all of these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So if you've been with us over the past three weeks, you know we've been sharing a worship series here at Christ Church entitled Theology, uh, The Spiritual Nature of Golf. In this series, we've been using themes from the game of golf to talk about some issues of life and faith. For example, in a message entitled Wisdom for the First Tee, uh, we learned how our faith can help us get each day off to a great start. In a message entitled Drive for Show and Putt for Dough, we learned that our faith says small things make a big difference. And in a message entitled, Play It As It Lies, we learn some healthy ways our faith says we can deal with circumstances that we simply can't change in our lives. Well, today, the title of our message is Replace Your Divots and Repair Your Ball Marks. So the question is, what do we mean by that? Well, when a golfer hits a golf ball off the ground, the face of the golf club 
very often cuts out a piece of turf, creating what is called a divot. And if this divot isn't replaced, well, it will leave a bare spot in the grassy fairway. In the same way, uh, when a golfer hits a shot onto the green, the ball very often creates an indention that left unrepaired will not only damage the green, but create an uneven putting service. As a result, golf courses often have signs that remind golfers to replace their divots and repair their ball marks as they play their round. You see, from the earliest days of golf, there's always been an emphasis on the importance of caring for the golf course. Uh, golfers have always focused on the need to care for the course so that everyone will be able to enjoy it for years to come. In fact, one writer says golfers were the fir world's first environmentalists. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I do know that the emphasis golfers place on caring for the golf course, doing what needs to be done to preserve the beauty of the course so it can be enjoyed by others for many years to come, is something that we, as people of faith, not only ought to apply to golf courses, but to the earth as a whole. You see, as people of faith, we ought to be leading the charge when it comes to caring for the earth. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Uh, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, political turmoil, and a season of social unrest. So why in the world would we spend a Sunday talking about caring for the environment? Well, here's why. I recently read that over the first six months of 2020, Siberia, one of the coldest inhabited regions in the world, experienced unusually high temperatures, including a record-breaking 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. This had wide-scale impact, including wildfires, the loss of permafrost, and invasion of many pests. Then this week, I watched as the news reported on acres of uncontained wildfires burning in California and the impact of a hurricane here on the East Coast. All of this reminded me that even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of political turmoil, even in the midst of social unrest, our faith calls us to care for the environment, not to neglect caring for the earth that God has given us. This morning, I'd like to share several reasons why that is. First, I believe our faith says we need to care for the earth, even in the midst of a pandemic, because it's our God-given responsibility. You see, Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it. It is God who founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Scripture is extremely clear. The earth belongs to God. And yet, as people of faith, we know that the Scripture also reminds us that from the very beginning of time, from the early moments of creation, the Lord gave us, human beings, you and me, the responsibility of aiding the Lord in caring for the earth. In Genesis 1.26, God says, Let us make human beings in our own image, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. From the beginning, God has given human beings dominion over the earth. Now, we translate dominion. The word here is the Hebrew word radah, and it's an interesting word. For you see, when you and I think of dominion, we often think of the English word dominate, which means to rule over, to control. But the Hebrew word radah is a much gentler word. See, the literal translation of this word is to preside over with wisdom and compassion. As one scholar says, the use of the word radah implies that we as human beings are not called to rule over the earth or its inhabitants as dictators who use and abuse God's creation any way that we want, but as benevolent leaders who care for, provide for, and bless the creation for which we have been given responsibility. 
So as people of faith, we want to do everything we can to care for the earth and all its inhabitants because we know that from the beginning, God gave us dominion, responsibility for God's creation. From the beginning, God has called us to be wise and compassionate caretakers of the world that God created and God loves. Second, however, our faith calls us to care for the earth even in the midst of a pandemic because it's always been a part of our religious tradition. You know, in the past, uh, there have been some Christians who ignored environmental issues because they thought it was some part of a modern liberal left-wing agenda. This, however, is simply not true. The truth is our faith has always emphasized the importance of caring for the earth. In the Old Testament, King David, who began life working as a shepherd in the fields, wrote psalms about the beauty of the earth and our need to care for it. In the Gospels, Jesus often referred to the beauty of the earth and, and used it in his teaching. Then in the 13th century, the wonderful little Italian monk, St. Francis of Assisi, well, he was known for his love of nature and his emphasis on caring for the earth. St. Francis often talked to flowers and trees and, and preached to the animals. He even wrote a poem about the beauty of nature, which in time became a popular Christian hymn. It's entitled, All Creatures of Our God and King, and I'm not going to destroy your ears by singing it, but in the hymn, St. Francis refers to the sun as our brother, to the moon as our sister, and to the earth as our mother. He called all Christians to see the natural world not as an object to use and abuse, but as part of our family to be loved and cared for. And then there's John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, in 1754, he said this, Faith in Jesus Christ should not only lead us to have care and concern for the well-being of other human beings, but to also have a broader concern for the well-being of the birds in our backyards, the fish in our rivers, and every living creature on the face of the earth. The point is simply this. As people of faith, we need to do everything we can to care for the earth because caring for the earth has part, been, always been part of our Christian religious tradition. Although it has received more emphasis at some times than others, from Jesus to John Wesley, our faith has called us to care for God's world. Third, our faith says we need to care for the earth even in the midst of a pandemic because ultimately... Everything in the world is interrelated. You know, we understand we live in an interrelated world. St. Paul reminds us of this uh, in Colossians 1.15 that we heard this morning where he says, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things, all things hold together. See, in this verse, Paul reminds us that ultimately all human beings, all plants, all animals are connected to each other through Christ. Some of you may remember the game that was popular in the 1990s called Six Degrees from Kevin Bacon. It was based on a concept developed by a Hungarian playwright in 1929 called Six Degrees of Separation. The theory is this. Uh, you can connect yourself to any person in the world by no more than six of a friend-to-friend -friend links. Take, for example, Bill Gates. According to the theory, I'm connected to Bill Gates because a high school friend of mine uh, dated a girl who was best friends with a guy whose stepbrother was the second cousin of Melinda Gates, who's married to Bill. 
As a result, I think I'll call Bill and see if he wants to have lunch on Tuesday. Seriously. Like our faith, science tells us that we live in a very interconnected world. And the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic has made this powerful truth very real. It's reminded us that how you and I live our lives not only impacts us, it impacts the lives of people, plants, and animals around the globe. An article I read recently put it this way, we must recognize the fact that the pollution caused by our driving habits in Greensboro can contribute to a drought that causes starvation in Somalia. We must recognize that ill-managed industrial activities in China can impact the living conditions of a black bear in the Great Smoky Mountains. The recognition of this interconnectedness of all things in the natural world is crucial to the survival of the world, the article said. Such a recognition can be rooted either in a religious vision or a scientific vision. But it must be recognized. Well, as people of faith, uh, we do recognize that everything is interrelated in Christ through whom we believe it was created. So let us care for the earth by reducing the amount of natural resources we consume on a daily basis. Let us care for the earth by walking more and driving less. Let us care for the earth by recycling our plastic instead of throwing it away. Let us care for the earth because we know that what we do affects everything. Finally, our faith says that we need to care for the earth even in the midst of a pandemic because it reconnects us to the God who loves each and every one of us. Do we want to know about God's love for us? Psalm 33 says, look to the earth. For the Lord fills the earth with God's love. Do we want to know how much God cares for each one of us? Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. These and many other passages in the Bible remind us that the beauty of nature, the majesty of our world, can help us experience the presence and the peace of the one who created it. Now, deep down, we all know this, right? I mean, why do we like to go to the beach? Why do we like to travel to the mountains? Why do we like to take walks in parks? Why do we like to go to places like the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone National Park and the Alaskan Wilderness or the Caribbean Tropics? I think it's because deep down, we know there's something about the beauty of these places. It's because deep down, we all know that when we experience the beauty of the earth, when we spend time in the wonder of the natural world, we reconnect with the presence, the power, and the peace of the God who created it. I'm reminded of this by a show that I once saw on the Discovery Channel about an interesting man who lives in Japan. It seems that this man uh, devoted his life to care and study of endangered giant salamanders. In one scene of the show, uh, the man is holding one of these huge, slimy, amphibious animals, and he smiles, and he says this. I know many people think these giant salamanders are ugly, but I find them beautiful. I love these creatures, and I feel so lucky that I get to care for them and study them, for as I do, they draw me closer to the wonder of the God who made them. Well, I don't know if working with a giant salamander would draw most of us closer to God. But I do know that spending time in the beauty and the wonder of nature will. The 20th century mystic Thomas Merton reminds us of this in his book, New Seeds of Contemplation. He writes these words. 
a tree can connect us to the glory of God. However, if we do not care for the trees of the world, if we simply raise our forests and replace them with housing developments and shopping malls, we will lessen our connection. For who has ever heard of a shopping mall that could connect us to the glory of God? Burton's point is well taken, isn't it? You and I as people of faith need to make sure we do our part to care for the earth because the earth, the beauty of God's world, is a vessel. A vessel through which we can reconnect to the God who created it and us. So as people of faith, you and I need to be leading the charge when it comes to caring for the beautiful world that God has given us, even in the midst of a pandemic. We need to be leading the charge when it comes to recycling, reusing, reducing our consumption of the earth's natural resources. Why? Because our faith says it's our God-given responsibility. Because our faith says it's always been a part of our Christian religious tradition. Because our faith says we're all connected. And how we treat the earth affects every plant, animal, and human being in the world. And because at its root, caring for the earth reconnects us with the peace and the power and the presence of the living God. So in a world racked by a pandemic, political turmoil, and social unrest, let us as people of faith not forget to replace our divots and repair our ball marks. Let us not forget to care for the earth so that our children and our grandchildren and all the generations that follow them might enjoy the beauty of God's good and beautiful world. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious Lord, we do give you thanks for the beauty of the earth, for it is your gift to us. We confess that very often we have not cared for it in the way that we should. And so we give you thanks that even in the midst of this pandemic and time of political turmoil and social unrest, you remind us to continue to care for the gift you've given us, that it might not only be a vessel that blesses us, but blesses others for generations to come. We ask these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.